He didn't yeah. want to let Backstrom down. He didn't want to let OV down. If I go to Rocket Bar, I know I'm getting pretty fucked up. I think this is a good player. He's a very good, skilled player. The Hurricanes are fucking garbage. Dude, if you played the Bowie Bruins back in the day, you knew this play. All right, we now welcome back on to reoccurring guests. We got intern John and Dante Abercrombie. Gentlemen, what's going on? Chilling. I'm just admiring Dante's jacket. I wonder if I can get one. USA Hockey, was that team issued or? I mean, Dante always has the best gear, but it's never Georgetown prep gear. It's the best thing. What do you mean? I got tons of prep gear around. So listen, Dante's first day of practice, when we took over at Georgetown Prep with Brian Dammer for, I guess it'll be year five, Dante shows up to practice in Gonzaga gear. And I'm like, this is not probably saying the best message to these kids we're meeting for the very first time in tryouts, but it worked. That's all I had. <laughs> hey, Coach, nice jacket. Cool Georgetown Prep tracksuit. Yeah. And now we're good to go. Hey, Coach, nice jacket. Yeah, you want to be here about all the times I used to beat Georgetown Prep back in my heyday? Oh, I told him. Time's changed, though. So, I, well, I guess we'll just get started there. We'll kind of recap you guys' season, Georgetown Prep. I mean, you finished 7-2-1, and one, second place in the MAPHL. Just kind of take us through how the, how the season went for you guys. Um, I guess I'll start. It went well. We had, um, you know, obviously, the IAC rules. It's a cluster. So, we started off with the Gonzaga game the week after tryouts. Right. And then we had, like, just because of the way the schedule worked, we had, like, four games right away. And then it was, like, the month off for finals. And then everybody started getting sick. We had uh, two or three cases of mono, flu, strep. But they pulled together in the playoffs. Um, you know, they had a horrible showing against Land in the ISU championship game. And then um, Beacon Zag in overtime, first round of Maple. And then the uh, the whoever held the next round, quarterfinal, semifinal against Landon, yeah, yeah. lost our best center about ten minutes into the game to a questionable call, and then ended up losing overtime to the eventual champion. So it was um, it's tough. I mean, you guys know it's it's never it's uh it's always tough. Especially this is our first senior class since we've been there. We saw from freshmen all the way through, so that was a little hard to see them go out that way. But leaves the hunger for next year. Right, Dante. I, I agree. That's the hardest part. What John just finished with is uh, that senior group. Like we remember them coming in as freshmen, and we were like, "Man, once these guys are seniors, they're going to be a, a like a, a force." Um, right. Honestly, we walked into it. We didn't know what we had. Um, they were still a growing program, but pretty much on an island by themselves. Nobody respected Georgetown Prep when we took over. But that freshman class has been there from the, the pits to where we are now. And uh, kudos to those guys. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, talk about that a little bit, um, that playoff game. You said first one, Gonzaga, you take them out, you know, three-time defending champs. They're, seems like the same old story with them every year. It's, uh, oh, it's every time they lose, it's like, oh, but they didn't have everybody. So, you guys finally beat him. You take them out in that first round. Kind of take us through that game a little bit. I mean, that was, like you said, a close 2-1 overtime win. I think, you know, the funny thing about Gonzaga, and you guys certainly know better than I do, I've only been around here for four years of hockey, is they just have, like, the, the almost the aura of, like, they're going to get the lucky bounce and they're going to find a way. Mm-hmm. I think Farrell scored, I think in the first shift off like a weird ass angle backhander. And I kind of went, Oh, sh- is this, is this the beginning of it? Right. And then they rally back and it just like, I mean, that game, I think it was two to one, maybe something like that, but it's like the whole time, just like our goalie played really well. The, 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 our team played amazingly, but it's always in the back of your head. Like somehow Gonzaga always has the horseshoe up their ass. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it was just like getting over that mental hump of like, you know, the they've won three times in a row. And I think those guys, credit to the, the Gonzaga team and the whole staff is like they, in the back of their mind, I don't think they often show that they're rattled because they always like, I hey, will figure it out. Like it will, mm-hmm. it'll work mm-hmm. out. So that was a great game. I mean, I think um, you know, Harlan Jackson, their goalie played fantastic. Our goalie Elon played amazing too. That was just a, was a great playoff battle. Yeah. Having known that program for so long, that is exactly, you don't know that you should be rattled because you don't know, you don't know uh, failure. You don't know how to lose. All you can do is, is win. You know you're going to score at some point. You don't know where it's going to come from. But that's been what we're trying to preach at prep is just stick to it. You have enough talent. As long as you continue to play the game and not take yourself out of it, uh, like bad penalties or just trying to do it by yourself, you will eventually get a goal. And then you'll get the, the momentum swinging back in your direction and you'll win games that you technically shouldn't based on rosters, but just because you believe in yourself more than the other team did. Right. Yeah, they kind of get that swagger just kind of built to their brain from day one, stepping on the ice there. So what was the biggest difference, I guess? Um, I mean, you guys played Landon three times, but you, there's the IAC championship game that's like a 5 nothing loss, and then there's that real tough 3-2 playoff loss. What was the biggest difference between those two games? I mean, we, I had Erickson on. He said that 5 nothing game shouldn't have been 5 nothing. He said it should have been way tighter. He said it seemed it was played out that way. They just got some lucky bounces, but – um. You know, what was the biggest you know, biggest thing between those two games? I think that for, like, you know, the prep land and rivalry in hockey, within a league, it might be one of the biggest ones when you consider, like, the percentage of students that show up to relatively right. small schools, but, like, you get, like, 200 kids in the arena. So I think mm-hmm. the adrenaline's popping. I don't, I don't like going the official route because that's not the case. They played fantastic. We had some pretty bad calls that game, too, where, like, we, you know, penalties that were, you know, again, I, I was a referee for 11 years. I understand. I get it. But there was a couple times where, like, referees not even coming over to talk. And, like, again, Landon deserved to win the game 5,000%. But there's one play in particular. One of our guys got lined up from across the ice, and our guy got a roughing penalty for it. And there was no, no, no communication. Again, nothing to do with anything. Right. I think that game, like, Landon, you know, if they were um, the NHL team, they, they were all in for this year, I think. Like, they – had everything he could possibly need. Um, and that's credit to Dave. He did a great job coaching him up. Um, but I think we got, I don't know if cocky is the word, but I think because we played Bullis that first round, you get a little bit believe in your own swagger. And then you take a break on a team like Landon. They put two goals in quick, and it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you catch your breath, it's 4 nothing in the first period. And then it's like, what are you going to do? I think the second game, uh, the, the second playoff game in Maple, I think, you know, it was devastating to lose – our senior center 10 minutes in, but I think mm-hmm. the boys kind of dug down deep, you know, then we got, you know, he gets out, kicked out of the game, gets a 10 minute major in the, or 10 minutes, and then five minute major. So we score a shorthand goal on that. And like, that's a huge boost. But then, you know, Landon had fantastic players, like the Giles kid. Mm-hmm. I liked him all, the whole time for his whole career, a fantastic uh, career. So, um, I mean, it's it's hard to say. This league is so close that it's like it was it was their year. It's like the best way to say it. Like they put the work in. They had a great season. Yeah, I'm not sure if we right. played them again tomorrow. If it's it's probably still a one goal game. I don't know if it goes our way or not. But it was still like they earned it fantastically. Yeah, and that's the best part of the way they won. You don't want to see a team run away with every single game. That means there's no parity in the league. But the fact that they won three games, all overtime winners is 
that, that just shows that this hockey in this area is going the right way when you have a, a team that's got, you know, a few D1 commits on it, or at, when it's all said and done, a few D1 commits on it. St. John's is the same way. DeMatha is always DeMatha. You never know what they're going to get. We have a bunch of guys that also play college hockey as well. So it's, you never know what you're going to get night in and night out, and anybody can beat anybody. And like John just said, that Bulls game, that was a lot closer than perennially it would have been. And that's just showing that in this area, things are going the right way. So, yeah, heads off to, to Landon. I work with a lot of those guys individually, so I was happy to see them get their championship because um, it has been a while for them. But, you know, we're coming back, I think, we obviously with a, if not the same style team, but a stronger team next season. Yeah, so I guess we'll leave it at that for Georgetown Prep. Uh, feeling good about next season? I mean, like we said, second place this year, uh, semifinal exit. But, um, yeah, how's, how's the reload going? You got good guys coming in. Did you lose a big senior class? I mean, what's going on with that? I mean, the senior class, there was, um, you know, Matt Scola, who's probably one of the best power forwards in the league. Peter Roach, I think, is probably the best center we had. Uh, Alex Chaconis, probably one of the most dynamic players yeah. in the Maple scene. Yeah, Nolan Ergo. Um, fantastic defenseman and our goalie, Elon, Elon Granson. So we have a good – well, the problem is, is, like, the school is basically shut down right now. So we really don't mm. – like, we know, like, who got accepted, but we don't know who's enrolled, including transfers, because, like, the school is basically shut down. So mm. – um, but I will say one thing that I think um, – you know, the whole, the whole story of me and Dante coaching is the most ass-backwards random thing where it's, like, I was at oh, – I moved here eight years ago. was at an open skate, like – seven months and 10 or seven years and 10 months ago met Dante and like we became friends just through skating but we always said like you know one day like if we got a chance to coach together we do it right and the prep thing happened to work out perfectly and Brian Damber is like the, the mastermind behind the whole thing but we always said that you know we wanted to build a program the right way so the cool thing about us is not knowing who we have coming in next year for sure we know that our JV team when we started there was probably 30 kids in the program I think now it's like closer to 50 so we actually have two teams um, so we actually have a bit of like kids that we could have brought up to varsity this year if we needed them, but like we were able to leave them down JV to develop. So that's very exciting is we're losing four starters, but we probably have at least six guys in the pipeline, not including freshmen coming in who can step up. So that's probably we'll the biggest thing in this league is just that development and have, being able to field two teams, one in double A, one in A, just kind of move some guys up and down that you need but yeah it's kind of tough right now because I'm sure you guys have planned like end of the year like gatherings meet the players meet the team for guys potentially coming in and that type of stuff and that's kind of all off the table but gets us off the table for everybody yeah it's also weird to I me mean, there's just so we've talked all of us off the record about how backwards some of the things about high school hockey is here too so it's always fun trying to navigate yeah. those waters I mean they could be I mean yeah I remember talking to you towards the end during the playoffs you're like hey do you know who won this game? Because we have no idea who the hell we're going to play because the playoff system is. It's weird. It's and again, like I, and I mean, like uh, again, just being in the league for a couple of years, I don't know the reason the decisions are made. I do think that everybody in the league has the best of intentions. And I don't think anybody's trying to pull a fast one. The reseeding thing to me, and not that it would have made a difference because we would have played St. John's. Like it would still have been like the road to a championship would go through landing regardless. It doesn't make a difference. But from like a marketing standpoint, I think that it'd be much better if we were able to tell our first game is against Gonzaga. If we're able to like, publicize, you know, if we beat Gonzaga, the rematch, rematch with Landon's on. Exactly. Like, that's like how you build up and make the league bigger is like, you know, if DeMatha beats uh, Spalding, whoever they play, whoever it was, you know, they, they play uh, St. John's or the championship. Mm -hmm. Like building up those rivalries 
when you reseed, and it'd be different if there was like a day or two in between each game, but when you reseed, it's like back to back games, you kind of lose like the the luster of like you're getting these rivals going out in the playoffs. I think that's mm-hmm. the the thing that I disagree with about it is like, yeah, like we were messaging like we had no idea who was either rely on other teams' social media to figure out who's playing, which is a little bit of uh, I think this from a marketing standpoint and growing the, the league and growing the sport, it's a better way to do it. There just is to be able to say like to have potential lineups going, you know, but that's not my pot of gold. So exactly. what do I know? I'm just a Minnesota kid. <laughs> you got anything on that, Dante? The playoff format and I'm going to uh refrain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, it's kind of um because three games are being played in four days. I mean, plus from the standpoint yeah. too. So say you play a six o'clock game in Rockville on the road versus St. John's through the higher seed, and you're like, we don't know who won yet because the other team hasn't posted their score, and we don't know where we got to get our bus tomorrow, what time we're leaving, if we're on the road again as a lower seed. And yeah, and to be honest, I think this year especially, like it really wouldn't have made a difference as far as seeding because the league was that even. It's just a matter of like making it easier for everybody else. Like again, I'm not trying to say like if if we didn't recede, we would have won. I think Landon was going to run regardless, but I just think like there's things that like there's always this talk about growing the game and growing the game. Like there's very simple things to do where it's like, even right. if it's like, okay, we'll receive, but at least put a day. So it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So we can kind of build up those rivalries. Otherwise I think it's like everybody's heads in the dark and you hear something like, Oh, is it, are we playing this team or are we playing this team? It's just, that's right. the part of my, like, all right, let's at least, you know, I'm a marketing major. So like, let's at least market <laughs> these like marquee. Cause like us versus Landon to go to the championship. Like that's a big game. Dude. And it, like yeah. this, it probably, I mean, Dante can probably speak on this too, but might have been one of the best games and most exciting, intense games we've ever coached, probably, at least at prep, I think, in our four years. That I can remember at least. The, you're talking about the Landon game? Yeah, the one, the, the last one of the season. As far as outside, like entertainment wise, like. We, outside of the one where we beat Gonzaga 3 0, um, when they had that yeah. uh, Cole and, and uh, Tate on that yeah. team, like that was a. Uh, that was a pretty intense game. I remember that one. Hardly anybody in the stands because we couldn't really publicize it. But um, yeah, reseeding re- does nothing but but help the individuals that are at the top of the seating. I mean, yeah. we all know what reseeding does. It makes their route to the championship easier. Um, I don't. I don't. If if I'm going to win a championship, I don't care who I beat. Uh, if I'm ranked number one, I'll beat everybody from two through eight. Like that's just the way I I, I think about it. But I don't think it'll ever change. But I do agree it doesn't help at all especially when it comes to the marketing because you can't get that that pent up if we beat this team on tuesday then we have this team on thursday and yeah. then we have this potentially on friday because the packed house makes it i mean shit you guys pack a house for a non-league game in november versus gonzaga that's just yeah, that's always kind of fun a, a yeah. warm-up game for the most part it's no, first game you know, of the season that's, it's that's what we do but it's it, that's funny too because there's always talk of like well should we not have games on fridays because of the select tournaments and my argument is like you can't get rid of Friday night hockey games. High no, school, these can't. No. Like, like that's like, especially in this area, it's like that's what makes it cool. There's no bigger. Let's, let's take the caps out of it. There's no bigger game high school wise in town than when it's a hockey game on Friday, and it's at Cabin or it's at Rockville or it's at Laurel. Like that. That's a very cool experience that like we shouldn't be taking that away from kids because they're gonna go play thirty games in a weekend in mm-hmm. Quebec. In yeah, front I mean, of their family. That's uh, to really yeah. for the years. No. That's, that's yeah, that's the thing too. It's a funny thing. It's like, yeah, I give them a chance to be kids. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean the Friday night matches. I mean, this year we had 
Landon was a Friday. Gonzaga was a Friday. We played Albans at uh, Fort DuPont, which was cool because I never, we never, at least since I've been coaching, played a game at the Fort where there was a crowd, but they had like their student section grilling beforehand. It was really cool to see. Yeah, it's just you know, like, neat stuff. That's kind of statewide, league-wide. I mean, you can get a good MSHL game on a Friday, but, I mean, if you're playing a 4.30 game on a Tuesday, then, I mean, who the yeah, hell is going to – Yeah, we can't gonna... get MSL games. They, they won't play us. Let me tell you something. Can I say the biggest pet peeve I have about this podcast is your Virginia boys rank those Virginia teams so high, but we beg for games. Beg. Oh, they won't. They won't. One well, came through. There's – well, yeah, you got one league that won't Yorktown. play. You got one league well, that won't play outside of their league alone. Um, but can I, I also, like – to go to that to like the ranking thing to me is just so funny. It's like who uh-huh. what do you care if you lose the Washington Post ranking? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like if you, if you actually know hockey in this area and you see those rankings, and you, like this makes like you know, God bless Churchill, they're they're a fantastic program, but, but like they'll be ranked number one forever. And it's like, yeah, but like you lose like you lose double digits sometimes. But yeah, I mean, but like, every prep team you played this year, you lost to. Dude, we've begged – There's, I won't name the names of Virginia teams because I don't want to get in trouble mm-hmm. with my ID, but we've, like, begged certain schools in Virginia starting, like – we'll start in, like, July for games. And it's like, we all know how many guys we're going to have. It's not – what do you care? It doesn't matter. You care. You're you the don't one, know what guys we're going to have. You're the one and, talking that mess about how you're the top team in this league and this, right. that, and the other. It's, it's exhibition. So, it's like, we all yeah. know what players we're going to have. Who, who cares? We don't either. I all yeah, know so what we're going to have. But that's, that's why we had to step in and do some rankings this year to yeah. not the pleasure of a lot of people. But, hey, sorry. Sorry that you're number one in Washington Post and not ranked on ours. Yeah, no, probably that, a reason I mean, for that. I, I always like those rankings; they're funny. But um, uh, so Dante, let's kick it to one of your other seven teams you coach. That Stevenson season. <laughs> How take us through that? I mean, that's an eighteen, eight and two. I mean, you guys make playoffs. Kind of take us through all that because you guys started off hot, like ten and two or something, right? Yeah, we would have finished pretty hot too, but we had a nice bug go through the team. Um, right. Not the one going through America and the rest of the world right now. I don't think. Uh, unfortunately, for a lot of people, but um, and then we had a we we ended up being sponsored by Ankle Boots. Okay. Um, if you don't know what that means, that means we had quite a few high sprains at the end of the year, and <laughs> a lot of guys walking around in ankle boots. Um, honestly, it, fourth year of the program, it's it, it took a while to build, but it, it is it, it was a joy to be around. It's um, a lot of guys that are very highly talented compete through the roof. Um, we started out, like you said, very, very hot. Ended up being ranked, I think it was top uh, eight. I think it was the highest right. that we got in the country. Um, and last year we were ranked in the 50th. So, you, you know, that's that's yeah. kudos to the guys on the ice. Not really Because the one weekend you had the 8-2 matchup first, who was it? LBC. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a big top 10 game. Um, talk about a couple of players you had. I know Nicky Gray had a hell of a season. Yeah, uh, he had a great season. Um I think he ended up signing down I, – I can't remember where he ended up signing. I think Birmingham, he maybe? I think, yeah, I think I saw. Yeah, down, down in ESP for sure. I, I mean, he obviously didn't get just finished the season just because of everything that's going on, but he had a big year. He ended up um, leading the – or setting the record for the program in, in goals before he left. Um, we had a freshman, Ryan Kenny. He came in slated technically to be our number three. Mm-hmm. Goalie ended up being a number one and, and honestly was a, a rock in the back of the net, handles the puck like an NHL goalie. Um, our, our defensive core was very strong, very stout all season. Murray, Kikuchi, um, Picks, everybody back there was doing a great job. Our forwards, I mean, our power play was, was one of the top ones in the country all season. And I nice. think that was really the work that Dawes and Pep do in practice with power play pretty much every single day, 10, 15 minutes. And 
that most teams, if we ever got up on a power play, that was it. Like there was the LBC game where we were playing. We had five five minutes, I think, uh, towards the end of the game. It was a one-goal game. We ended up winning by four goals, I think it was, in that game. So that's that just shows that the, these guys showed up and they were hungry. And we have a really good recruiting class coming in next year. So um, this year we snuck up on a lot of teams. We're not sneaking up on anybody next right. year. They're expect a top 15 team from Stevenson, and we're, we just have to be ready for it. Yeah, kind of made a name for yourselves. Um, so what was it, like the second time you guys made the playoffs? And then the, the format's kind of weird. I was reading into it. It's like you make a series. Um, it's a two-game yeah. series. If it's tied after that, you play one period. Dude, that was guys, the sickest it, ended, ended losing up in that period. Kind of take us through that a so, little bit. That's kind of so wild. So the way it works, it's a two-game series, and you play your first game like a normal game. The next mm-hmm. day or whenever the next game is, you play that game. If this series is split after two, um, then cut the ice send in a brand new lineup and you're playing the, the next game, but it's just a one period where it takes off and there's overtime and all that stuff for that. So we went that full period, nobody scored. Um, and then we got an overtime and they scored on a, a face-off play that, um, that, you know, we wish we had black. They had already scored once like that, that weekend. And we had been practicing because Utica, I believe ran the same type of face-off play. And, you know, sometimes you just get beat, but it's a good learning lesson because a lot of, a lot of our top, um, like drivers on the team are are younger guys right um so they'll, they'll be coming back next year with a little bit more fuel in their system for for going forward so we talk a lot to the um or actually i'll ask you this first so did that season get cut short for the teams that advanced because of the corona stuff or would, would that season have been done so like if you guys were to survive in advance uh would your season have been ended by all this so we had already lost out um i can't honestly remember if Utica and Wilkes played the next weekend. I think they did. And I think Utica ended up winning the whole thing. Um, but Utica would have been going to the national championship. So, yeah. Gotcha. This so, that all got canceled. So, so, last thing I'll leave you with on Stevenson, I guess. You guys do much with the um, the ACHA team there. I mean, we talk to those guys a lot, the coach and everything. And they've had – they said they've had players from there go up over the years. And, I mean, do you is – there, is there an ability to kind of – if you see a guy kind of lighten it up down there, are you guys able to pull him up that season? Or is that a whole next season type of ordeal? So since I'm, like you say, seven teams practically, um, I'm pretty much, I drive there at 11 and as soon as practice is over, I'm heading back right. for either lessons at first line or um, going over to low caps. So I never really got a chance to see much of the ACHA team. I know that I do have a couple of players on the team. I just found out that one of their goalies um, used to come to my clinics in the area, Marcelo. So um, I've known him, I've known Eric, a couple of the guys on the team, but as far as like the, the movement back and forth, I never saw it this season um but i wouldn't be surprised if it happens at some point yeah because we, we went up and caught one of their games they're, but they're a pretty good skilled team um so let's let's move it on to this we'll ask both of you kind of thoughts on me and john were talking about it right before you jumped on what the hell's going to happen with the rest of this nhl season i think it gets canceled i think especially in dc uh, yeah. having to manage the mystics the wizards the capitals georgetown and concerts i don't think there's any chance you can do that and make it happen I mean, so, if, you're an owner, if you're an owner, you don't want everybody to be like, listen, we can make it with the 60 games. However many games they've played this season, like, we don't need 81 games. You no. want to be like, no, we need the full 82 games. I think it goes – I yeah. bet you will find out in two weeks. So, I think regular season is completely done. I like what I've been seeing with that whole playoff. Right, jump right um, into it. Yeah, the, the way that they're going to do it with, uh, you know, the play-in games and all that other stuff. I personally think they should do an abbreviated lockout style season for next season because player burnout 
not this playoffs, not next season, but the season after, you're going to be seeing an increase in injuries just because players didn't have a full chance to recover from all of this, everything that's going on. And the biggest thing with the players, they don't know whether they're in their offseason or whether they're getting ready for the playoffs. And that's why they need to know this is the date we're definitely going to come back. And if we can't make that particular date happen, then we're cutting everything off. Um, it's it, training regimens, all of that stuff gets thrown for a loop and these guys won't be ready. Like I was just with the national team uh, in February. Like I went up there and, and they were showing me all their data on how they peak their mm -hmm. players at different points in times in the season. They have three different peak points, a, a, a tournament early in the season when they go to Europe and then the U18s, their nationals, uh, or sorry, the, the world U18s. But it's all on paper and it's all like it, it's charted. And NHL players are the same way. They're, they're performing or training to peak at certain times, early in training camp, middle of the season, especially for a lot of guys that want to possibly get traded or free agents and then have their last peak during the playoffs. They need to know, because this is millions of dollars we're talking about with some of these guys, mm -hmm. they need to know when they're going to be playing or whether or not they're going to be just at home shutting it down. Well, the problem is, too, you've seen a lot of the players just, like, head home to their own countries. I mean, you got a couple guys going back to Sweden. So if this thing is just like, hey, we're starting in, like, a week, you got to get your ass back here real quick. That causes problems. I mean, you've seen the thing where it's like <clears throat> it, requesting arenas to have availability through August to potentially start a playoffs in July. But it's like that's – Good luck. Like, yeah, they, like – The only way they yeah. do they have to give them a full month. They have to have some type of training camp to be able to get guys in. The mm -hmm. NHLPA wouldn't let that happen. They wouldn't yeah, let – You need like the, probably two weeks. No. Yeah, they, they warm up. It'll be just like that lockout years ago. Yeah. But they yeah. would have to give more notice for the fact that guys would be coming from Europe and they'd have to make sure that they're being checked out before they leave mm -hmm. in that 14-day quarantine stuff. So, yeah, it'll be at least a yeah. month after the announcement. And you got some of your teams that have three more games played than others, but they're a point ahead in the wild card. And it's like, I don't know how the hell you figure that out unless you've seen the 24-team play playoff proposition they've had. I, I, I love it. I, I love I love those playing games. I think it was L.A. versus – I can't remember who they would have to play, but I'm like, I would like to see some winner takes all for two weeks. Like, I, I'm for it. Right. And you never know if, like, like Chicago makes the playoffs. You never know if, like, a Chicago team with Taze and Kane can win a quick three-game series and move on. I, of course. I think so. They still so got it. Like Minnesota, though, because Minnesota was turning it on at the end of the year, and then now they uh, – they're getting shafted, but yeah, yeah. well, the Flyers are the best team in hockey. Sucks to see it, but there goes that hot streak. Caps are playing like shit, so Caps are playing like crap. So love to see it. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess we'll kind of see on that. Dante, I kind of want to ask you about two teams because last time we had you on, we went for about an hour and only got to high school hockey because we have so much stuff to talk about. <laughs> um, so talk about let's talk about playing both in New Zealand and talk about playing for that uh, Jamaican Olympic team. Okay, yeah, so New Zealand was an offer that I talked to Coach Pat Bingham um, with the Elmira Jackals. This was after I tried out for Toledo in the East Coast, got cut from there. Um, the following year I tried out with, um, or I contacted Elmira, and he said, yeah, we would love to have you come play for us, but there's no way that you can play unless you have some type of recent playing experience. So he was like, I don't care how many points you put up, just go get on the ice. I've seen you. Just go get on the ice somewhere and then you'll come back. So I go to New Zealand and play, but that next year was the lockout. So that's why I didn't end up signing with um, Elmira on a PTO. But that was un that was unreal. It was, you're flying every game, multiple practices throughout the week. 
Um, depends on the player that you are, but pretty much everything's paid for, depending on like you're, you're still playing in college or whatever. They don't want to break your eligibility. They make you pay for all your stuff. But yeah, you get a stipend. You get pretty much all your foods taken care of in the restaurants, wherever you're, you're going. So yeah, that was a, a great time. A lot of guys that are imports are either Euro pros, Canadian mm. pros, or like USA guys. Um, and that'll be getting better and better. I still keep up with it as best as I can. Yeah, so do you have any other American guys out there with you? Just yeah, you so Tux, Tux came and played with us. He went to Liberty, um, played on their D1 team, and then came over, he and his wife, Brittany. Um, as far as guys from the States, Jason McBride, actually I saw him last year in the at the NHL Coaches Conference over in, in Vancouver. Right. Um, but then outside of that, everybody was from Canada. So we had some guys were there studying to be chiros and, and sports therapists. One guy was studying – uh, ended up working for Team Canada with their the program out in Whistler, and he was working with the All Blacks. So we got a chance to meet all the All Blacks, and they came out. So it was like they really immersed you in the in the local culture. Nice, yeah. And, I'm sure you can have some fun out there too, being New Zealand. Say it again. Sorry, I'm sure you can have some fun out there too throughout the season, just literally being in New Zealand and <laughs> plenty of oh, stuff to good, do. We had a we had a uh, 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 you know can't give all the details, but I had a, a nice trip to it's like the southern alps and it's pretty much like the the lake is frozen they put a, a rink right in the middle of a mountain like they dug a hole in a mountain put a rink in there we played a a very uh fun game i will say a lot of hours a lot of barley sandwiches it was a it was a good time for sure there you go and then uh that jamaican team i mean you've I, I think a lot of people have seen stuff with that team alone just growing and kind of putting a team together. Kind of how did that all get started? <laughs> so how did you get on a, that? That's a brainchild of EJ. I can't remember his last name, but he and his family, um, they just they thought it would be coolest to start a team in Jamaica. Um, they got their, I think it's affiliate license or whatever it is with the, the IHF years ago. Um, but the only thing holding them back is that they don't have a, a rink in Jamaica yet. Um, Graham Townsend, and CJ Bowlers were heavily involved at the beginning, not so much in the middle, but I think they're more involved now, which is great uh, because those are both guys that really get things done. Graham, I know for a fact, because I've known him and worked for him for the past five years. I actually just had a Zoom call with him yesterday for about an hour just talking hockey. Um, but yeah, so it, it's growing. As of right now, they've only done a couple of two year programs or two year tournaments. I haven't played with the team, I just tried out that first time. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see that get going because you got. You know, players like the Subans, uh, that whole family, uh, the Stewarts, they're all Jamaican. So there's tons of guys in the NHL with Jamaican blood in Toronto and all over. So guys are really excited. They're just waiting for everything to get going. Yeah, get it going. And I, that's a pretty dope uh, flag and scheme. You could get some sick jerseys yeah. out of that. <laughs> I, I think they're probably the sickest in hockey. You can get some slick jerseys out of that. So I guess I'll ask you both. Do you think this could affect potentially, I mean, even next year's the start of hockey season locally? I mean, with prep and high school and college, I mean – NHL, we have no. My schedule's already done with Stevenson. Um, I know Little Caps right now, we're, I'm pretty sure they're trying to figure out what they're going to do as far as tryouts. Because, yeah. I mean, you guys. Of that sport, but my schedule's already pretty much put together as far as which showcases and tournaments I want to yeah. go to next for Little Caps. So I don't know how it would affect yeah, anything I mean, that starts after August. Yeah, granted, uh, Little Caps, I mean, you guys start early, probably, what, no later in September? You guys are on the ice, but I mean, with prep, you, with the. IAC rules, you can't do anything to what, November 14th? Something yeah, like don't, get, don't get started on those rules. <laughs> Another thing. 
There's a lot of things on the your, list. Your 10 contest limit starting in November 14th, whereas WCAC, we're playing 30 games and it can start in start October. Start if you want to be Shaq, say Mary's, be Shaq, say Mary's. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Nobody's going to hold against it. Nobody's going to be like, oh, God, like, oh, be Shaddock. So, look, that team's 40 games in and we're three games in. They started October 2nd. Actually, I think training camp starts in three weeks for a couple teams. But (laughs) So, what are you guys up to in terms of killing time? What are you guys doing? I mean, John, I know you've been working some. You've been going in the studio in and out. but Yeah, man, hustling. Uh, We recorded a stand-up special uh, over the weekend at the station just for uh, Corona Relief. Once that gets approved by the higher-ups, it'll be hopefully out this week. But then – yeah, it's tough. I feel bad too. Like for the for our kids, we have kids that play lacrosse that like their seasons got canceled, so that sucks. So I have helping send them out with like videos because I guess some of the kids are trying to get in lacrosse scholarships, but they want some hockey clips to put in there too. So trying to help that out because obviously I think they played maybe two or three games before it got shut down. Which yeah, sucks. and you guys have like, one of like the best lacrosse teams too in the area, right? Yeah, they're really good. Um, I think they've been national champions in the national, yeah. Yeah, and uh, most of the kids uh, – lacrosse is weird to me because, like, when I was in high school in Minnesota, it was, like, becoming a club sport. So, I'd never – I missed lacrosse craze. But, um, yeah, I mean, that part is cool. We're trying to obviously get as much ready for next year as possible, but it's very difficult not knowing what we have. Yeah, and <laughs> it looks like – it's not, yeah. Yeah, the thought that well, that live show got canceled too, so that kind of sucks. Cause that was like, yeah, that was, was right around the corner. Yeah, yeah that's right. Bachelor, You're going to do the Bachelor. Yeah, talk about that. Let's go into yeah. that. So that's, that was popping off. Did they just like pick you or just something you kind of had to like send some stuff in for? Or? Yeah, no, it's the weird thing. They're doing a full on tour. And um, I don't know if like Lamar Jackson said no. And they go, who's the next person we can find in Baltimore? And uh, I was who they chose. But it was going to be me and then Ben and Becca from the show. And like, I think Hogan made the call to close down things like that Friday before. It was going to be like that following Wednesday. So it's going to be rescheduled eventually. But like, I had a suit ready to go. I work on jokes for on stage. So it's postponed. So wherever my future wife is, she's got some time. She's got to, she got to get it postponed. I mean, as much as you guys chirp each other on Insta at Georgetown prep practice, Dante, how do you think that bachelor live would have fared for him? Disaster. Oh, I disaster. I, I, I would have been there for sure. I would have <laughs> sent in a couple of grenades too. I would have made really, really nice women there for you. Plant some bombs. Oh yeah. yeah. Of course he would. That's what we do. That's why I always make fun of Dante because he never wears the team colors. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. I think that's like if you want, if follow the Instagram, I think you see like the the um, the bright red. Well, yeah, that, but also just kind of like the way we carry practices. It's like it's a very relaxed, not relaxed, but we we do work, but it's also it's a fun atmosphere too, which makes we, we, we have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Gil, yeah. you don't know which team's warm up suit he's showing up in, depending on the way he packed his bag this morning. Oh, I have, like, eight tracksuits. I just grabbed the – But it's always, like – he'll do, like – it's, like, Dante's a big NFL guy, so he'll do, like, the color rush. So, it's, like, all red, all green. It's never anything remotely close to prep. It's just, like, oh, what's he going to wear this time? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> so, what was, what was this kind of setup for that Bachelor Live? Was it, like, just chicks just, like, come up on stage one by one and kind of get their two minutes to – Yeah, so, like, it's, like, an actual – like, they're going to take the actual show and, like, condense it into two hours. So, like, there was going to be, like, the initial rows of people, like, getting out of a limo, and there's going to be dates and um, that whole thing. So, it's cool. Like, they did a couple – they did a bunch before mine got postponed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had asked me, like, what are you looking for in uh, uh, somebody to date? I'm like, well, I don't really know. Like, they have to have their own thing. Like, they, like, they have to have, like, their own – because like, I've had issues before where it's like, I do a lot of stuff. And it's like, if you don't have your own thing to do, it's going to be an issue. So I was like, yeah. somebody who's motivated would be great. 
Um, but then, yeah, that was kind of it. I know people applied. I don't know if they accepted anybody. Um, and they have a fancy suite on stage. I, know I was that. about to say backstage fancy suite or a little pop Yeah, on stage, apparently. And like, you know, we've had makeouts. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make out with anybody on stage. But we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Better. Yeah, but we'll see how it goes. I'm excited whenever it gets rescheduled, but it's just funny because like I got a lot of stuff going on this summer. So it'll be interesting to see where it, it gets slid in. But, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, the Thought Shower live show too. That was right around the corner from my yeah, house. Yeah, that was, was going to be this Saturday. Yeah, we just yep. postponed that officially, um, which is unfortunate. But we'll do that soon. Get some dogs adopted, which would be great. But, yeah, the world's on pause right now. Yeah. Dante, what about you? I mean, I see you've been doing some, like, taking video review submissions from some kids that want to send their tape in. You'll kind of break it down for them, send it back. And But what else? That's probably the the least time-consuming out of everything that I've been doing. So every day is just, just packed. My buddies and I are putting on a, a coach's summit that actually starts tomorrow. We have a few um, – NHL coaches, a few AHL coaches, NCAA, and some high-level junior coaches. And we're just going to honestly just sit and talk hockey for three hours, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So that's been taking up a ton of time. And then I'm doing a uh, – once again, my buddies and I were just doing projects, trying to become better coaches and, and um, you know, so that we can give more to our players. I've been just doing tons of video and all this other stuff. John's not it, but because he's already – Yeah, because no, I was going to say, I don't really need to improve. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So, like, I'm not really too concerned about that. I'm just I there. To, if if you need help, you need another set of eyes. I'm there yeah. for support. Yeah, it's, a, um, it's, it's actually going to be a lot of fun. It's, I, I can't wait for the summer. And then, you know, my two-year-old, he takes up a ton of time. He's, uh, he's a, a busy, busy guy. But outside of that, it's just hockey 24-7. So just watching tons of film and helping kids with their video, like you say, the video stuff, which is, is, is mm-hmm. slowly, but start slowly, but surely starting to pick up. And I feel like it's actually going to turn into a little too much for just one person. So I may have right. to bring somebody else in to help, but you know, it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. And then our, our little charity game got canceled. That sucked. But um, yeah, I know I was getting in shape for it and everything. Yeah. I was starting to like actually kind of get into a little bit of shape. I was like, oh, I guess I'll shoot some pucks in the driveway or something. I haven't done one since like, maybe the end of last it. year, but uh, yeah, probably a good call there, but yeah, that would have, that would have been fun. I think. Uh, yeah, they emailed me like right away, and I was like, "Yeah, you sure you don't got the right? You sure you got the wrong e- the right email? Because I am nothing near any type of local anything. <laughs> you probably won't, but sure, I'll come skate for free." Yeah, I, I told my coach um, uh, they don't want to see me skate, but they were like, "No, we want to see you skate." I was like, "All right, it'll make for some good TV." Try it out, but uh, yeah, so we'll see when that gets going. Uh, yeah, besides that, you guys got anything else? I mean, you guys want to plug some stuff, or John? You got like seven podcasts, just about as many teams. Yeah, I mean, he's coaching for. Yeah, I mean, I have as many podcasts as Dante as uh, teams he coaches. Right. Um, so thoughtshower.com, is, we're doing it every single day. We thought that this would be a two-week experiment, but I guess we've extended this through April 30th. So we're going to be every day a new episode until uh, the lockdown's over. So we'll see how it goes. Oh, so you're, cranking out, oh, you're cranking out one a day, huh? Hell yeah, son. You should crank out more. Dante knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what other way to stay busy, you know? Yeah, you know I'm saying you feel me though. You can't <laughs> the hand-eye coordination. Yeah, you can't go to the gym, so you got to do wrist curls somehow. Absolutely, my wrist looks really good. My wrist game's strong, ladies. So if you want, if you need that, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you can apply you? to the Bachelor. Apply yeah, to the Bachelor. This. Look at that. People, well, if they apply for the Bachelor, they'll start losing that forearm strength. Yeah, hopefully that's the goal. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah gentlemen i appreciate you coming on like we said we don't got much always a pleasure to talk man. about but um it's always a good time talking to you gents and um stay safe do all that i just want to try to get some dante's jackets that's my only goal so hopefully know, next he's got time. a closet full so like i'm gonna have a cool jacket next time every time he's a guest on the show we're gonna request like one piece of clothing 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, we'll I know you got some type of training shirt or some shorts you can send over. Dante has to wear a lot of clothing, like how it looks and how it sounds when he walks. Like, that's Dante's <laughs> that's loud colors and loud fabric. Uh, love it. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate it. Stay safe. Uh, have some fun trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do with your free time since we got plenty of it. Word. Appreciate you, fellas. Yep. Anytime, guys. Bye. Trying to find the peace in me I wanna be a